Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. How are we doing Dave? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Got something a little different today. Very different, yeah. So what we've done is we realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown... We had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear about the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about battle of the treks. We talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we've got a couple of, we had a couple of special guests, didn't we? We had a new head of operations over in Nepal. Yep. Uh, Lee Wardle, Ironman triathlete. Um, gym owner and all around nice guy um, yeah and there's there's so much good information and good content there that and not everybody is on Facebook or yeah. can sit there and watch a video for an hour and a bit doing nothing so yeah this is a great format you can do it on the go put it in your car listen to it it's a bit interactive so you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that yeah it's a little bit different um, you know but if you're listening to this obviously yeah um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear uh, podcast at evertrack.co.uk Awesome Dave, yeah, enjoy the episode and uh, we'll catch up with you soon Yeah, all the best Dig in, but yeah, hey guys um, Yeah, welcome to another Tuesday Tune In um, Yeah, if you have uh, if you have joined us do drop in, do say hello um, <laughs> Yes, I'll be live yet, Ramona um, Yeah, do let us know over here give us a thumbs up, give us a comment um, let us know how you are, what you've been up to and Dave Tuesday tune in first one after our first training weekend since 2019. Feeling fit. Yeah, the training weekend was awesome. Yeah, like I said, it was, we we felt like um, <laughs> we felt like you know an old rock band that was finally back on tour. First yeah. time really that we've been doing what we you know love to do: get out there and do the mountains in a group environment with ever trekkers. Um, and I got to be honest, it was absolutely amazing. We had a great bunch as always. Good. Um, Kim, Kim Lawley. Kim, I've just spotted Kim. him here. I just want to say he's really <laughs> okay. the champion of the hour because, um, you know, he he's he bagged Tupacal, um yeah. over the weekend. So awesome job, Kim. Really proud of you and what you did. Loved all the pictures as well. Seeing your smiley face from the summit was one of the best things ever. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, you know, first uh, trip abroad, Kim, since, uh, excuse me, since um, March 2020. So, yeah, no, it was great. And I know... Um, a lot of people have rescheduled for me a trip, Kim, and I know it was just you, uh, but it was great to get you out there. And we, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing all the all the other pictures. I know it's, I know you posted the first day or two. Can't wait to see the rest. Yeah. Um, but right, Dave. Whilst we're talking about um, you know trips abroad and things like that, um, especially over the next, you know, hopefully the next three months, um, we like to think that uh, things will open up a little bit. Um, and then we thought about okay, we, you know, about flights, about things around flights. Um, I know we had. Some questions around that over the weekend and we thought let's chat about that today as yep. well as anything else so guys if you do have any questions around anything at all around flights obviously trekking high altitude um equipment um next week we've got a really good live coming um from evercheck hq but um it's going to be uh, all around equipment uh we'll be going through that as well um for each trip but that's next week but any questions you've got this week do drop them in uh dave flights what's all that yeah about? well 
you know, we had a couple of questions over the weekend about flights, and okay. we offer we often cover a lot of the big and the you know the stuff that takes uh, front and center when it comes to trekking. You know, like you know equipment, boots, what it's actually like over yeah. there. But I remember doing this little bit of a um, it was like a question on Instagram, and I said, you know, when does the adventure begin? Settle an argument, and unanimously, uh, the adventure begins when you uh, either book the flight when it becomes real or when you board the flight so we're thinking all right well let's talk about that then let's talk about the beginning of the adventure when you have to sort out the flights and also it's one of those things where it could be a little bit stressy you know like especially if you're going as part of a group and you've got to try and get everyone on board and you want to know like who do i book with when do i book where am i going What's the best time to go? What's the best time to come back? What's the best airline and all that sort of stuff? So, yeah, we'll cover off all of that stuff today and almost certainly play a little game of bingo along the way, probably. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, no, Dave, you, you obviously mentioned flights and, and, yeah, with questions around it. Um, you know, which airlines should you use? You know, what, uh, what routes is it, is it best to take? Um, also, things like, you know, how far in advance uh, do you book your flights? Um, you know, some people are super organized. Um, and want to book their flights, you know, as soon as they book the trip. But sometimes you don't have to. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about um, about today. But yeah, just um, a few comments come in as well. And just, I suppose, uh, just just to throw this out to the community, really, um, just a question: When does when you when you when you book a trip, or when you go in on a trip, when does the trip actually start for you? Uh, I've had this through a couple of sort of friends groups, but is it? I would just give you a few options and and, and put in the comments what um, you know what what's for you. Is it? when you actually book your trip? Is it when you get to the airport and have your first pint? Is it when you get on the plane? Is it when you land? It'd be great to hear about um, how everyone feels about when their trip actually starts for them. Um, yeah, put it put it in the comments, guys. It'd be great to, to see um, Kim when you book it. I like, I like it. I like it. When you arrive at the airport. Um, James, yeah, Dave, when does the trip start for you, mate? When I arrive at the airport, but the one that I'm landing in. Um, oh, when you get there. When I get, wait, I, I've said this, I, I can't stand flying. And it's not that I don't enjoy, you know, being on the plane. I tell you what, I'm actually going to give two answers, if that's okay. And if I've been upgraded to business class, then right. it begins at the moment I check in. <laughs> okay. If I'm in cattle class, is when I land. I get a really big buzz when I see, when I, when I know when they announce the descent. Back to your seats, we're starting the descent less than an hour away from landing in country. What am I going to see when I get off the plane? What's it going to look like? Is it going to be crazy overloaded? What's it going to be, you know, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, to me, if I could like, if I could teleport, that would be perfect for me. Yeah. But I know for you, the flight is part of the fun, right? That's a big part of the enjoyment. Yeah, exactly. But it's good. I mean, all the comments coming through, it's good to see how people think. I mean, um, yeah, I know there's some people who I've uh, friendly with and, and, and met a few times, trip starts for the first flight at the airport. Probably when my uh, when you, when I get to the when I put my bags and they're on the plane and I'm there and I'm like catching up with all the group who are there. There's no right or wrong answers here, guys. Just good to hear yeah. um, how everyone's feeling and and you know get excited about it. I mean, even just talking about it right is getting people excited. Yeah. Um, you know, which is is all part of the enjoyment, isn't it? But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, Laura. As soon as I've locked the house and heading for the airport, yeah, that's that's that's, that's a good one too, Laura. Yeah. Um, first live in a while, but hey, Heather, welcome back. Uh, first live in a while for me is as soon as I front the door front door yep you and Laura maybe you guys should go on a trip together um yeah on the week running well I know it's happening yeah Diane um great to meet you Diane over the weekend yeah totally understand um 
the trainer started three years ago when he first booked for EBC. I know, I know. Mad, Diane, isn't it? Uh, uh, absolutely crazy, right? Um, but right, Dave, yeah, so with Flight Sim, so, okay, we, we got excited about the trip. Some people have booked it. Some people are waiting to get to the airport. When it, with, with regards to organising Flight Sim, I mean, say, you, let's think about Nepal. Let's go from Nepal. Let's go through countries and think, okay, yeah. how far in advance would you book your flights? You so, under normal circumstances, so, you know, COVID didn't happen. Yeah. I think you want to book your flights about a year in advance. <clears throat> Any further ahead than that, you a the flights are not always available and b they're subject to change i think yeah. once you get about 12 months there's usually a good selection of flights available they're often at their cheapest um i will say that the last minute cheap flight deal doesn't really exist anymore me and andy have got flights a year in advance and we've got them a week in advance and we can tell you that we pay a lot more when we do it last a minute um so yeah my normal circumstances are if i've got a trip i'll start thinking Okay, it's about a year away, you know, not necessarily bang on the dot 12 months, sometimes it can be eight months or whatever, but in that ballpark, I'll start searching flights and, you know, trying to find the best deal. Um, these days, I always go direct with the airlines that I'm booking in as well. So if I'm going in the, to Nepal, there's a couple of really good airlines that fly to Nepal, you know, um, pretty much most of my experiences with Qatar, but I've also flown with... Um, Turkish Airlines, Air India, and I know uh, some of the big Middle Eastern Etihad, um, those ones. You right, Andrew? I'm just counting my mind, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that's not you. That's not you. Yeah, I fly with Qatar pretty much because they're in Cardiff. They fly from Cardiff, so that's perfect for me. But I also found that that was just, um, even though they've stopped flying from Cardiff, I still tend to go with them because I like yeah. the reliability of them, I like the customer service. COVID has taught us that if you are going to be booking flights, it's best to book direct with the airline yeah. because if you have to reschedule, cancel, get a refund, it's a lot easier to deal with the airline because they're equipped to deal with you. If you book through one of the cheaper price comparators, um, you will get a cheaper deal, no doubt about it, but you're buying from a much smaller agency and all the terms and conditions around changing, cancelling, refunds are based on theirs, not necessarily the airline's. Um, yeah. I remember when I booked to go to Nepal and I made a bit of a mistake and if you remember and I needed to um, stay an extra day mm. and I'd booked with an agency and it yeah, was actually great, was it? it was cheaper for me to book a completely new flight direct with the airline than it was to um, you know change with the agency the that I was with ever yeah. since then I've just drawn a line in the sand and I think you know what I'd <laughs> rather just pay might be an extra 100, 120 pounds for the flight, but actually yeah. what I'm paying for is the security that if I have to change a date, it probably won't cost me anything or a small fee. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, I know I've mentioned, that, I know I've mentioned Air India as well, and they're probably, not to disparage them, probably the last big airline I would choose. I would work my way to Air India. Um, what is that then? Is it, is it just um, the I'll be honest, of airline? Or? First flights I actually got, I went to Nepal was with Air India. And I got the return flight for £390. Bargain. Nice. The flight and the customer service was not as good as what you get with, like, um, Qatar. In my experience, it might, I'm happy to be corrected, um, but just I'd obviously done four flights with them from London to Delhi, Delhi to Kathmandu, and then the same on the way back. And I just found it all, if I had to describe the experience, I would say abrupt. You know, everything was quite abrupt from the customer service desk to all the little helps you needed. Where when me and Andy booked with Qatar, 
we found that we had quite a long layover because our flights were changed and they actually put us up in a hotel five-star hotel in doha completely free you know just so we could have a nice comfortable stay um so yeah, and it, and, Dave, isn't it um you know that little that little stay uh, i think certainly before you weren't thinking about that but you were thinking okay if i can get a, a layover with a few hours and then yeah go straight to your destination but i think now uh, a lot of you know i know intentionally sometimes we're booking over eight hours uh, with qatar airlines it means you get a free you got to stay at the hotel isn't it yeah it's exactly better. and it um, makes a difference you know because mm-hmm. me and andy were like it was on the way back so we just done ebc we just done a long haul to get to doha and you're tired and then you find out that you've got nine hour wait mm. and then within two hours of landing i'm i've had a shower in a five-star hotel and i'm sat down relaxing with a beer <laughs> you know and it was only what forty dollars only forty dollars yeah forty dollars yeah it was really easy and since yeah. then coming back from Kathmandu. Yeah, I'll actually look for long layovers now because mm-hmm. the World Cup in Qatar means that there's visa-free entry into Qatar. So yeah. I literally check out and I get in a taxi and I go to the Radisson um, and it's about $45 and you get a night in the Radisson and a nice full oh, sleep, it. stretch the legs. Yeah, it, it really does nice. make it. That's that's probably a little top tip, you know. Nice. So other people are a little um, bit different. Yeah, just a couple of questions just coming through as well. Um, I think Parisha um, uh, Patel, uh, hey Parisha, uh, nice to see you on the live again. Uh, mentions around trips, you know, how many days before we start the trek best to arrive and also for departure. So essentially on our trips, um, you know, day one is essentially arrival day. So that is, um, you know, if, you, if you're sticking to the actual um, trip that you've booked, it's any time on that day one would be arrival day. So for instance, if day one of your trip is the 20th of October as an example, then that would be your arrival day. And then if day, I'm just using Everest Base Camp as an example, if day 15 is your departure day, um, you know, which would be, uh, what are we looking at there? How many days? I think it's like the 4th or 5th then of November. Um, that would be your departure day. But, you know, some people do arrive a day or two before the rest of the group joins. And also at the end as well, people like to maybe have it a day as a buffer, you know, just in case of any delays um at the end so yeah i hope that answers your question around the you know what days in terms of arriving i mean it's personal choice uh, i know a lot of ever trackers who um you know when we're running trips like to arrive a day or two before just to kind of um you know acclimatize to the surroundings uh some, sometimes are nice and you can explore and you know get to know the area a bit before everyone else arrives yeah um so parisha i hope that answers your question um <clears throat> but yeah dave you've touched on a few good airlines there i know that's when the paul I think the other biggie with us, um, you know, Kili, um, yeah. again, all the airlines you've talked about there, they all go to Tanzania, don't they? Yeah. Qatar, Emirates, you know, all, all the Turkish airlines, BA. Um, another one is Ethiopian Airlines. You can fly via Addis Ababa um, in Ethiopia. Uh, that's also a, uh, one I've flown with personally uh, many moons ago. Um, but they're all right as well. You know, not, not to the levels of maybe Emirates or Turkish Airlines or Qatar, but they are you know essentially a cheaper airline but good option um if you want to save a few bob uh, on flights we pronounce uh, that place differently and to who to me me and you pronounce that differently i just realized you go for it what, what do you what do you Addis ababa Addis ababa yeah yeah Addis ababa i see right yeah. we need to find this out a little side quest <laughs> let's find out how to... <laughs> yeah Addis no yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard they're really good and um 
uh, I got so I got a good recommendation for those guys. If you do want to yeah. like go business or something like that, business class, they're often pretty good and um, do pretty good deals. So yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good one. Um, um, just some comments that have floated in. Shane Ryan, I, I did see your 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 comment there about your flights, mate. And sorry that um, just had your flight cancelled from Turkish Airlines. That might be something to do with the announcement tomorrow. Um, I've seen in the news around Turkey um, potentially. Uh, again, you know, with the red list and amber list and all that jazz, um, there might be something to do with that. Um, but keep a, you know, obviously, sorry to hear that, Shane. And I hope you um, um, sort your flights out. Um, you know, drop us a message, mate. If there's any issues with your flights, anything like that, thinking about trips going forward and you want to move it, just let us know, Shane. We'll, we'll help you as much as we can. Um, obviously, I know we don't organize the flights, but we'll help you in terms of your trip. Yeah. Um, which also brings us on to another a question. Um, I think just from some chats on the weekend uh, where it was great to, to, to meet some of the team um, you know some of the ever trekkers was around um, obviously because we don't organize your flights uh, if you booked on a trip with us we don't organize your flights um, and some people ask you know why that is you know would it be easy just to lock it in so I thought we'd talk a little bit about that Dave yeah um, sure you know why we don't because I, I, I think certainly ages ago we were thinking of doing that weren't we and it was uh, essentially this is pre-covid where we wanted to kind of Put it all in yeah um, you know package it up with your trip but i think definitely over the last 18 months uh, i think there's a reason why now that we because of the numbers of people um you know I'd use ever space camp as an example if we're taking like 600 people there a year um to organize all those flights obviously that's a lot especially if the, the dates get pushed yeah but luckily and um, we know there's far more flexibility and ease of change of flights booking with the airlines direct um you know and i feel i feel that's the best way going forward like i said our recommendation in terms of booking directly with airlines rather than third party we certainly wouldn't want to be that third party because it creates a whole another yeah. world of craziness um yeah so i hope that sort of explains a little bit about why we don't uh, get flights i think another one is is cheapness isn't it dave i know we you know we've looked at competitive pricing yeah well it's to go direct huh? Well, we got pretty close to organizing flights on a number of different occasions. But the reason, like you said, all those reasons before, I mean, one, it stops a couple of nasty things happening that travel companies sometimes have to deal with, which is one, having a maximum number of people that can go on a trip and a minimum number. Yeah. Because if you've already secured the flights in advance for the people who are going to book, say, 15 flights, um, in order for that to be profitable, you have to reach a minimum number. Otherwise you just it it's going to be too expensive and it's not going to be you're not going to be able to run the trip we don't have that problem another issue is that if you know we're always very flexible if andy's booked on and he's he's number 12 on our trip and it's sold out but then ah, andy's wife really wants to go with him and it's that's the only day they can do it usually with us we'll say okay more than yeah let's let's get that person on be and if you've only got a select number of flights and that can't happen so that's one thing but when we looked into it as well we realized that actually it's not like although the cost is sort of all in one so you don't really get to see how much what proportion of the trip cost is actually for the flights we yeah. realized that we'd have to charge customers more than the average price that they would get the flights for for instance yeah. but and it gets worse the cheaper the flights are normally so say you're going to morocco you can get a flight to morocco and back with easyjet for sometimes 100 quid or less you know but 100 yeah. pound for a, a pre-booked flight it doesn't exist you're gonna you're gonna be charging way more than that per customer mm. um and yeah and then, and then it just exacerbates itself so i think yeah we don't do that and 
I think we're going to stick with it now. We're happy not doing the flights. And also, you go to Nepal and you're there, and then you, you know, a couple of people have messaged us and said, "Oh, you know, we want to stay an extra few days." That's fine. You know, we don't, yeah. we don't have to still charge you for that flight, and you have book another one. You just rearrange your flights yourself. So it's all yeah. perfectly um, flexible that way, and I think that's the way we like it. And COVID has really brought that home. So many yeah. changes, so many, you know postponements and things like that and it's all been really quite straightforward to do um, yeah it, it definitely provides a bit more flexibility which i think everyone needs now um you know 100 percent just because of the situation where the world's at um so i think yeah it's, it's going to be um, the way forward i think and you know look don't get me wrong i'd love to have it all in and ready um for all of you guys just to make it a lot easier but yeah, there's, there's just a few a few things that would get in the way, I think. And, um, you know, I definitely feel is, is, is better with, with the kind of, you know, the, the numbers we look at now. And, um, you know, just, again, just reading through some of the comments. And uh, Andy McNaughton-Jones, yeah, great to see you on the live again, mate. Um, obviously, you went to Killy, and I think you went um, UK to Kilimanjaro. Uh, you arrived at 8. And, yeah, it seems like it was quite rushed then. So you had the kit check with guides in the evening, three hours. Then Lamo show the next day. Wow. Yeah, it was... Um, yeah, in terms of like booking a day, I mean, just just to, for everyone for everyone to know, I know uh, Andy wasn't on our trip, but for anyone that's booked on Killy, you do get another day before you start your trek. Yeah. Um, one of the things we introduced on our trek is uh, a day in Moshi, where we explore the local area. So if you are arriving late, it does you're not you're not starting your trek the next day. You've got another day. Yeah. Um, you know, just for anyone that's booked uh, with Evertrek for for Killy, but yeah, it, I think Andy makes a good point though. It, you know, if you are getting late, a late arrival um just bear that in mind with with any trips you know if you want to arrive a day earlier just to give yourself a little bit of chill time it's not a bad idea but i, I understand with you know things like annual leave and family commitments and stuff like that obviously you've got to be try and squeeze it in but yeah. yeah good point andy um thought i'd uh talk about talk about talk about that talk, talk about, about that. It. yeah just chalk that one up to experience <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah definitely um brilliant so dave then yeah around um i mean what whilst we're talking about arrival times with Andy there. Um, what would be the best arrival times for you, you know, across the board with the trips? I mean, say, obviously Nepal, if you do an Island Peak or, yeah. Arizona, um, you know, any of the trips that we do in the Everest region, when would you arrive? What would be the I, best always, arrive? I always arrange to arrive my flight as early as I can in the morning. Um, I don't sleep very well on planes. That's probably true for most people as well. So whatever jet lag you're going to have to get over, you're going to have to catch up with on your arrival day and then the day after. Yeah. So uh, the earlier you arrive, I know Parisha's mentioned it as well. She arrived at 5 a.m. I think, you know, that's probably really early to arrive. But even if you arrive before midday as like a kind of a cutoff, that means that by midday, pretty much, you're in the hotel in Kathmandu, you've unpacked and you're relaxed and you've got that entire day and night yeah. and the next day and then you start traveling. Yeah. So it really makes a big difference. So normally what will happen is we'll, I'll arrive by sort of say 9.30 in the morning, get a lift to the hotel, have a shower, maybe a few hours sleep if I need it, and then wake up later and, you know, be ready to go and that's it no jet lag um yeah. and also some of the features of our evertrek trips i believe there's only one trip and that's the four day tupacal one where this doesn't happen and he said we always have that extra day at the beginning because when you arrive in a new country there's far more to see than you know just the trekking so we normally organize some form of 
um, you know, local exploration day so you can get to know the locals and what's happening and learn a bit more. Um, so yeah, you have that aspect of it as well, which by, and if you arrive too late, say you arrive at like 7 p.m., yeah. often you haven't had a chance to meet all the other members of your group before you start that next day. And, you know, everyone arrives at breakfast like bleary-eyed and tired and they're like, oh, hello, hello. And it's much nicer to all meet the first day and then already know each other for that second day. So, yeah, yeah. that's what I would recommend. And, you know, it, we, do, we do get people because, you know, you arrive in the afternoon is fine uh, and the evening is fine, but just be aware it can eat into your trip a little bit. Um, you know, and a day, a Dave said, I think I'd go with Dave there. If, you know, I found a flight that was arriving in the morning in Moshi or the morning in... Kathmandu or morning in Lima, you know, whenever you go in, even in Marrakesh, I think you just have it. It extends the day a bit, isn't it? Um, but obviously, bear in mind that you know you might be a little bit tired. <laughs> you know, because yeah. they are some of those are red eye flights, um, especially with EasyJet. I know if you're flying to Morocco, for instance, uh, EasyJet can do like a super early flight in the morning, and they're 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 cheap for a reason because they're obviously you're gonna you know they're quite tired. You got to be there for like five a.m., four a.m. Can be a little bit tiring, but you know it's a uh, it's certainly um, valuable if you're used to it. Um, right, but Dave, yeah, we'll go through. Um, I know we had heaps of questions come in today before. Obviously, I know flights is a popular subject because, you know, you all got to book them um, and we all got to go on them to get on these trips. Uh, should we start with some questions from the, the king? Yeah, sure. So uh, Christina Pullen has emailed in. Um, Please remind me of the best airline for Killy from London. And do you know if Zanzibar would be open to tourists by next October? If so, any tips on those internal flights? <laughs> Okay, so um, yeah. with Kili, all the same airlines apply as to with uh, Nepal as well. So Qatar Airways, British Airways, Etihad, um, and there's a couple of others as well like that go there as well. That, Like Andy said about, um, was it Ethiopia Airlines go to Tanzania? I think they do. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a couple of others. So they're, yeah. they're, re- they're really good airlines. Yep. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that's another one we see, yeah. So they're really good. Um, so check out those airlines. That's a great place to start. Almost certainly you will find um, an option for you that works. There's no direct flight. Um, so you'll always go via the country of origin for the airline. So if it is Qatar, you'll go to Doha in Qatar and then you'll transfer then to JRO, Kilimanjaro International Airport. Um, whether or not Zanzibar will be open to tourists is, again speculative uh, the honest answer is by next october yes i would expect so i'd be very surprised if that, so. <laughs> if that wasn't the case and yeah, the yeah. internal flights um to be honest most of the international airlines when they go to tanzania do like a double stop off yeah. so they'll either they'll land at um, kilimanjaro um international airport and then they'll take off again and land in um dar es, salaam. dar es salaam and from there then you can get the boat over to um zanzibar so it's probably best to organize it with one of those airlines where you'll go there and it's a short hop isn't it and it's like a very short flight yeah there's um, options. you can fly directly to there from from arusha but then i i mean i've done this personally i've flown to dar es salaam and got the ferry over uh which only a few hours i quite enjoyed that uh, that's an option um, you know, if you've got time on your side, that's quite a nice thing to do. If not, you can fly directly. But again, um, uh, you know, I mean, if you wanted to book, uh, obviously, some Zanzibar uh, extensions or add-ons after your Killy trip, um, don't forget you could do that in the members area. And obviously, you need to sort out the flights, but we, we've got all the rest of it covered um, if you wanted to, to sort of 
see a bit of Zanzibar. And if you're if you're into your scuba diving or just want to chill by the beach, uh, see a bit of Stone Town, which is quite nice. Um, then I highly recommend Zanzibar. It's a, definitely a cool place to, to spend a, uh, four or five days. It's absolutely nice. awesome place. You've also got the bus though, right, from Dar es Salaam to Arusha. Yeah, that was. I think, <laughs> Would you uh, recommend that? <laughs> my backpacking days. That was. Uh, yeah, I just got a bus. It was just one of the local buses that the locals used. Yeah, it took like uh, 10 hours from Arusha down to Dar es Salaam. Probably, uh, you know, there's quicker ways of doing it, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not going to lie. I've seen some things I would never get to see, but um, yeah, it depends on what you like. I, I quite liked it. It was good. Uh, nowadays, I might I might fly just to get here, <laughs> yeah. seven or eight hours uh, in Zanzibar, but um it's all good. Each person, uh, each ever tracker for themselves. Whatever you want to do, guys. Um, sorry, Dave. Yeah. Uh, next question. What we got? Uh, as we're talking about cartoons, um, so... be able to buy the Evertrek duffel bag booked for the Ring of Fire trip in Ecuador for 2023. Yeah, we don't actually have those for sale. They're um, all the the duffel bags that you get for free. For instance, if you go into Nepal, um, they're actually made in country. Um, you know, we have been looking at getting some of the technical gear uh made over here in europe in the uk uh, but the one you get access to is actually in country so for instance when you land in um in ecuador and you've got a keto um you'll be uh, with, with regards to storing it in the evertrek bag then that'll be used for your trip and you can keep your you know suitcase or your bag at the hotel so you've got a place to keep a clean pair of clothes and things like that so you have to use that on the trip because it can you know your bag's gonna get thrown around a bit you're going into some remote regions that can be very dusty and thrown on rocks so use our bags and you know you get to keep it as well um yeah albeit dusty and muddy maybe uh but yeah you can use ours but yeah so unfortunately Kath, we can't get it before you go on your trip um obviously any changes with that and any ability um to purchase any will uh will obviously share to the community and let you guys know awesome. um uh, this one's for you dave and weekly question how's the knee from leah oh yeah lee is always good to check in um yeah so no very good yeah um yeah so over the weekend on the training weekend so like i said we had an awesome training weekend um in the brecon beacons i was actually base camp manager um which was great because i got to spend some quality time with um some of the guys there so particularly ramona karen um who hung back with me very kindly i think they did that just to keep me company more than anything um but no i did a three mile walk down the canal with ramona and actually when he felt a bit weird it felt a bit loose at the kneecap you know like it was a bit dangly almost um but then i had a hydrotherapy session yesterday and i was you know it's just basically just advised that that's just a weakness in the muscles you know that is pretty normal but this is the weird thing about this type they told me it was a non-linear recovery and i and now i know what that means you know, some some weeks I'll feel like Superman. Some weeks I'll feel like you know, Forrest Gump, and uh, you know, and and hopefully I'll end up running like him as well again soon. But no, very good, very positive, doing very well. Thanks very much, guys, for keeping on asking. It really means a lot. Yeah. Um, hopefully Dave you'll be able to do the, the September training weekend right yeah well I'm going to do it yeah we've got we've, there's a couple of options so one I'm going to I'm going to strap uh, strap it up and I'm going to do it no matter what and yeah worst case scenario is I'll just bail up Penavan and go down there and get a lift <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Whilst, we're, but, um, whilst we're talking about the training weekend uh, which was fantastic this week um, it really was first trip since 2019 that we were able to to see some ever trekkers uh, you know in the UK um, and we've got a date uh, in exactly a month's time. So I think it's the 24th of September to uh, the 26th. 
uh, in the Brecon Beacons. I see we've got a, a bunch of people booked on it already, but we have got spaces. So yeah, if you fancy getting yourself onto that, um, Lauren, who's on the, the comments, uh, if you can drop that into the comments, um, just so anyone that wants to book into that training weekend. Um, yeah, it was great. We had we had some challenging weather, but um, as we got to the top of, of Penavan off the Horseshoe Ridge, the clouds dispersed and we had some awesome views. Um, and there was a few people on here who were there over the weekend. Um, we even bumped into Mick, who was on um, uh, the Horseshoe Ridge as well. So it was great to see Mick. Mick, great to see you. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to catch up for some hydration. Um, and yeah, get yourself in, guys. It's always always a great weekend. I, I think um, any other trekkers on here uh, who were on that weekend, yeah, uh, comment with how you found it and, and what you took from it. Yeah. Um, I know some of you uh, were, were grateful to do some interviews with us because um, our video guy Steve was there. And uh, yeah, I've seen a little cut this morning about some of that. It was, uh, yeah, thanks for all of your comments, guys. And um, uh, yeah, thanks for yeah. all the kind words. It was very nice to see. Awesome. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, so definitely join us on training weekends, guys. Love to see you there um, again in another month. Um, yeah, yeah, me and Dave will be on it. And Dave, hopefully, we'll be able to do the trekking bit. No, 100%. So yeah, weekend was the 24th of September. So it's in, um, I mean, I'll 100% be there anyway. You know, just uh, bringing my own um, patented sense of uh, toilet humor. Uh, but hopefully I'll be on the, well, I will be on the trek. Um, yeah, at least on one of the days. Um, just got to start going on. I've just spotted Rachel Kempton. I think um, I see a lot of her pictures on Facebook from Hawaii. Aloha, Rachel. Oh, how are you? Hey, Rachel. How's it going? Um, oh, she's asked a little question as well. I've started collecting some school supplies and donations for the school um for in moshi uh will you be yeah. permitted to send them pre-arrival to the springlands hotel yeah absolutely so what i would suggest rachel is before you go just get in touch with me um and i can liaise with the team over there and sort out all of that um probably makes sense to send it all if you've got quite a lot just weight wise and stuff like that but um almost certainly we can sort that out and it'll be greatly appreciated um by the team over there so rachel you're a star drop me a message when you want to and we can um We'll set that up for you, you know. Always happy to help people who are helping them. Awesome. Yeah. No, Rachel, yeah, huge thanks, mate. Um, you know, about, about you know, just thinking about that kind of thing. I know we were chatting to um, uh, one of the other trekkers on the weekend around, you know, packing um, some pens or, or, or things to take over to Nepal. And the same goes with Tanzania, you know, yeah. Um, they'd be greatly received. Uh, on the, uh, obviously, if you're coming to Kili with us anyway, on the, um, obviously, you've got your arrival date. On the next day, uh, we usually go and see um, a local school as well, so you can always give out to um, yeah. to the kids there, which is always a nice um, nice feeling and nice experience. So yeah, Rachel, <clears throat> thanks a million. Um, but yeah, um, let's know if you need any help with that. Um, I usually, because <clears throat> yeah, sending them over separately, or um, you know, and then then it getting divvied out or taking it with you and you divvying it out. I mean, personally, I quite like giving it out myself, you know, just because it creates a whole experience around it um but i understand obviously if you want to send them before um but yeah just a couple of people asked that over the weekend and you know honest opinion yeah it's always cool isn't it going there yourself and um i think it'd be a powerful memory for you so yeah rachel definitely if you can do that i know hopefully we'll go soon um yeah you can do it yourself or not that's uh, up to you um but yeah it'd be great awesome um okay. uh lauren um who's um on the phones and also over there right in front of me <laughs> can you post a link to the training weekend if that's possible has. oh you have have you yes yeah yeah she's got a oh there. you have posted it yeah because uh chantelle coombs chantelle um, what are you doing on it <laughs> i under who i, I think 
Yeah, so I was asked where she can find the details. So um, I think it's up there, Chantal. If you go one, two, three, <coughs> four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen <laughs> comments up, or I'll tell you what, two below. Um, and you'll find it. So another question here from Mick. Uh, Mick, who um, he actually lives on Penavan and then occasionally <laughs> travels back down to sort of Essex way. Um, he spoke to uh, Andy, I'm assuming he means um, Andy Moore, about true travel insurance, uh, £385 for over 65. Uh, Big Cat won't insure him any others to try. Uh, Campbell Irvin, I would recommend, highly recommend those because I've heard quite a lot of good things about Campbell Irvin and the... Um, uh, the aged so mick check that out and um yeah try campbell irvin i understand that they're they're pretty good so yeah check them out uh mick because they'll uh, they'll sort you out yeah mick i know we we had a chat about it campbell irvin 100 i think also as well um i know we've got a few um you know slightly senior ever trackers um drop it in the group mate because i know or, or actually if on here anyone that's over 59 in this group that's been to high altitude um share who you use for your insurance um be really handy actually if there's any that we haven't thought about or haven't mentioned uh, maybe you've sourced some random company um yeah it'd be interesting to hear you know who, who people are using because as you can imagine we, we only um kind of hear from people who have bought it um you know not quite at that age yet but um yeah mick it might be worth dropping it in the group as well uh, high altitude ever trackers just to see because i know we got a few there who were even into their 70s who had insurance um yeah definitely i, I highly recommend doing that mate um but yeah stay hydrated it was awesome to see you mick um after so long yeah uh, and yeah um i uh, hope you enjoyed your your move in to penavan because uh, i'm sure we'll see yep. you there next time in a month's time yeah exactly um, <clears throat> yeah rebecca has asked uh what insurance company would you recommend what type of insurance so dave <clears throat> same again right would you say i mean yeah well um lauren i believe has just posted her um really handy insurance blog on here as well so the the question the answer to that is in detail in that blog what type of insurance do you need so you need if you go into yeah. say Everest Base Camp or Kilimanjaro or any of the adventure travel stuff that we do generally speaking you need a bespoke policy that covers you for helicopter evacuation generally that's up to a maximum altitude of around 6,000 meters However, they often offer specific policies for Kilimanjaro, Island Peak, trekking in Nepal, trekking in the Andes. That These companies that we mentioned in that blog will offer specific policies. Um, it is a condition of the trip that you have it um, because if you do need a helicopter for any reason, and it's not always altitude related, sometimes it can be a stomach bug or you can you know, roll an ankle or something. There are all the different reasons that normally you would just kind of get carried down with. You're so remote that you do need a helicopter. We can always get you one, but then it depends who gets the bill, and we always rather it go to the insurance companies than yourself. So, um, yeah, have a look at that, Rebecca, and I think you will find that very useful. Um, let's have a I quick look. Some of the comments then from Rachel um, about the stargazing. Yeah, that's cool. I bet it's really cool in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, well, they've got, that big, they've got that big telescope there, haven't they? I forget what it's called, mate. Yeah, that's a good shot, actually. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I don't know what it's called, but yeah. It's, it's, it's on top of a, a volcano, I think, or, or okay. a dormant one. I'll look that up. That's that's a Wikipedia job for lunch. <laughs> um, Tina's asked, any update re-upper Mustang? Uh, like, yes. I know it's been the conversation the last couple of weeks, isn't it, around... It's still still quite challenging with the permits there, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, yes, we have. I've got an itinerary. Um, I'm going to yeah. be putting that together 
um, and it'll be going up on the website and everything over the next uh, week or so. It's one of those where because it's a restricted area, getting to the upper Mustang region requires jumping through a few uh, bureaucratic hoops. Um, so it's not the, the easiest one, but I am working on it. I am setting it up. It is the next trip that I'm going to be, um, you know, renewing and doing stuff like that. Historically, we did have an itinerary on there, but that was when it was much easier to travel there. So things, the itinerary is going to change slightly. But stay tuned because I have got it. It is on the top of my to-do list and it will be done within the next week or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, cheers, Dave. No, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, we've had customers on it before. Um, obviously, got minimum numbers on that now just because of the restrictions there. But Tina, yeah, we'll be, be following that up with you. Uh, Dave, be following up. Um, Danny, yeah, Danny, great to meet you on the weekend. Have you recovered? Uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, definitely, I think all of our legs were a bit knackered after two days. But um, yeah, um, yeah, great to meet you. Um, and again, thanks for doing the interview with Steve as well, Danny. It was, uh, yeah, thanks for your kind words, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. It was a really good weekend. Um, just going through some of the experience, I think Diane, Diane also met on the weekend. Dan, great to, to meet you finally. Um, any experience of Emirates? Um, airlines. Dave, have you flown with Emirates before? I have. Uh, they were very, very, they were awesome. Very good. Yeah. Top of the range, high quality premium airline. Um, again, you know, it's just like when, once you get to that sort of level, BA, Emirates, um, Qatar, those types of things like that, they're a national airline. So there's a lot of resources behind them, yeah. good up to date jets and things like that. So yeah, when I flew them, God, it was a long time ago now, that was probably about nine years ago. And um, yeah, I, f I find them really good. Yeah, good, good company. I know quite a few Avatrekkers that have um, used them for their EBC trip. Um, and I think a couple of guys got upgraded and I think that was particularly special. Yeah, um, I've heard the first class and the business class there is like one of the best. Yeah, exactly. I heard it's um, really, really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> Laura, <laughs> I love that one. I, I couldn't sleep on a flight. They just kept bringing me extra food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, Laura. Uh yeah, maybe we'll have to try. I've never actually flown with Emirates, believe it or not. I've um uh, I again this is probably from um what, what Jen would call Gapier Andy, because when I first met her, that was what she called me. Um I used to go with the kind of budget airlines. Um nowadays I kind of you know like I like, don't mind a little bit more comfort. Um but yeah, I've never flown with Emirates, so I'll have to give them a go. Um definitely. But Dave, uh if you say they're good, I'm in. Yeah, no, they're really good. Yeah, really good. You can't go wrong with them, really. Um, yeah, high quality premium airline. Nice. Yeah, um, you're welcome, Jerome, Emirates. Um, asked, do any airlines fly direct to Kathmandu? No, not at the current time, Jerome. Um, Jerome, awesome to meet you on the weekend, mate. Um, great, great company. Uh, absolute pleasure to meet you. Um, but yeah, uh, any airlines fly direct? Yeah, not at this current time. Um, they're all uh, you have to stop off. I think it's because. Um, some of the regulations apparently nepalese airlines are outside of that so they're not allowed to fly direct um, which is why all the airlines have to stop um but yeah it's nice to stop have a rest anyway you can do like seven eight hours stop change over you know, another six or seven hours and then you're there yeah um but yeah i think that's the same with a lot of trips even with Killy, i i can't remember if there's off the top of my head any direct flights nearly all of them have to go via somewhere else yeah um same with um, somewhere like Lima, um, you know, South America is very similar just because of geography and where it lies. Um, but yeah, hope that answers your question, mate. Yeah, a lot of people giving a shout out to the uh, Airbus A380 as well. I would agree. Yeah. You know what? 
of all the flights I've ever taken, I've only flown on one once. And it was when we came back from Tanzania and in February. Yeah. And, you know, I'm 5'11". I, I used to say I was six foot. The truth is I'm 5'11". And I had plenty of leg room in cattle class. So, yeah, great aircraft. Yeah, really great. I love that plane. I mean, yeah, I'll be honest, if, I can, if there's an option for trying to book an A380, I'll make that decision now, even if it costs me a bit more money, just because, you, you know, you can stretch your legs out and it's really comfortable. The screens are big. So, yeah, good, good airplane. Good airplane. Yeah, it's a bit of a beast, isn't it? Um, just uh, going some – ah, here we go. Pablo is from the summit of Ben Nevis. Um, so it's four Evertrekkers are unfortunately able to stay on the line because they're on the summit of Ben Nevis. Um, neck buff photo to follow, lads. <laughs> yeah, Pablo, um, slightly jealous, mate. Enjoy. Stay safe up there. Um, yeah, I hope the weather's uh, okay. Um, but yeah, can't wait to see some pictures. Post them in the uh, Evertrackers group. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be great to see you. Um, Karen's asked, do you think the diving is good in Zanzibar? Yes, it is. Pemba. Um, yeah, Pemba's a quite a cool place. Anywhere around Zanzibar, there's quite a lot of, um, uh, you get some pelagics. Um, if you're a scuba diver, you might know what that means. But essentially, you get some, ah uh, the pelagics. Love my pelagics. <laughs> um, yeah, you get some. Uh, you can see some tiger sharks there, um, as well as whale sharks. Yeah, there's there's a lot you can see. I mean, uh, probably a separate live that one. Uh, yeah, I have to start a new company called Everdive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you if you are in Zanzibar, um, highly recommend the dive, even for a few days. Um, I, I can't remember the company I used. But it was in uh, a place called Nungwi, which is a beach there. Um, and if you book in one of our trips to go to Zanzibar after your Kili trip, um, we stay in a hotel in Nungwi on one of them. Um, I think they're called African Divers were really good um, when I went there. I actually led a couple of their trips just to get a free dive because I was a dive instructor, didn't get charged, which was weird because they gave me, they said, okay, take these customers on a dive site you don't know, but you don't have to pay. And I was like, I'll work it out. Um, yeah. What's the worst was, that uh, could happen, Ed? What's the worst that could happen? Well, <laughs> it was a bit of rip that day, I tell you. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a that's another day, another story. Um, awesome. Yeah, uh, any other questions, Dave? Yeah, Daniel Saddington. What's up, Dan? Has said, sorry if this has yeah. already been covered. Rules around vaccinations, vaccination passport. Do you need to be vaccinated for the Everest trek? So I'm assuming you were talking about the covid vaccination but i'll i'll answer the covid specific and general vaccination so yeah. with regards to general vaccinations first yes there are some recommended um vaccinations that you need to have to travel to places like nepal and tanzania um there's uh, we can put a link up for them and i think we've done a blog about them lauren is busy today can you put the link about the vaccination blog up um and that tells you basically what ones you need and there's a couple extras depending on the way you're going um such as uh, like malaria medication if you're going to africa and rabies which is an optional one it depends how much you want to pet the animals um with regards to covid so Evertrekkers, we've made the decision to basically, we operate our trips in line with what the government recommendations are. So if the government says that, you know, for instance, I'll give you an example. Um, if you want to go to an amber list country and you're unvaccinated, the rules are pretty much the same for red countries. So there's going to be quarantine on arrival plus 10 days quarantine on your way home. And there's going to be a, a, a strict testing regime that you're going to have to go with. So that can potentially add an extra 17 days on top of a 15 day EBC trip. Um, so that's pretty prohibitive for those that aren't vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, it's a lot easier. There's often no um, 
no quarantines required and the testing regime is a bit um, easier to deal with and less restrictive. So that's what makes it easy and what makes it difficult. So we're going to operate our trips in line with that. And obviously, we factor in our own decisions on you know what's safe to do and what's right to do at the right time. Um, but yeah, with regards to a vaccination passport, I don't know if that's going to come in. I mean, often in a lot of countries, you know, certain ones, particularly yellow fevers are an obvious one. You have to have a yellow fever certificate certain to enter into new, some countries. And in other countries, you have to have certain vaccinations that they'll check um, at the border control. So it's not anything new in our opinion. And, you know, if it makes travel possible, that's our ultimate goal. That's what we love to do. And that's what we're passionate about. So we'll operate yeah, our trips based on the official advice. And again, we always like to factor in what's right as well, you know, because yeah. we're not just a bureaucratic uh, decision maker. We, we factor in, you know, what's right for you guys, what's right for the locals and what's right for our team. Yeah, exactly, Dave. Yeah, nicely put. <clears throat> um, yeah, I think um, Laura's dropped in some uh, details around Nomad um, because they do give um, uh, specific information around the countries and um, what vaccinations you need for each country. So, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely check that out, guys, if, if anything around vaccinations, you know, for uh, your trips. Um, obviously, around COVID, yeah, do do check the uh, official guidance. Um, <clears throat> I mean, certainly for us, you know, I mean, there's a lot of opinions out there and we have to respect everyone's choices. Um, you know, we're, we're all we're all about um, all about that here. Um, you know, and if you if you if you do or you don't, I'm not going to think anything less of you. Um, you know, it, it's certainly with us. It's just around the hoops you have to jump through to get on a trip certainly for us you know if it's a red list then um you know it's very challenging and, and we can't run trips to red list countries um at this moment in time you know as we've been limited for a while now um and i think it is easier once you've had your vaccination having been abroad over the last sort of few months um to a couple of countries and i'm vaccinated it's certainly a lot easier yeah. um you know because each country will have its own rules as well as us so yeah, just bear that in mind, guys. Um, wherever we go, wherever you go in, we'll obviously assist as much as we can. Um, um, but you know, definitely check the official guidance. Uh, you know, so, SEO guidance or awesome. There's some yeah. stuff around whether Lauren or not is a hugger. Um, Tree hugger? Or... I think it's. I think it's whether Lauren or not is a hugger. Lauren, are you a hugger? Oh yeah. So I see. Yeah. So don't touch the animals unless they're yetis. Oh, so, I see. hang on, no, Lauren's I'll, talking I'll to me now. Yeah, Lauren has said if you meet her in the streets or in a supermarket, she's more than happy to give you a hug. Um, but she does say that her hubs are 30 seconds long and deep and strong. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. good, Dave, very good. Um, well, just going through uh, questions, have a little look. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that one because I, I'm, I'll laugh. Um, Who, whose question is it? Uh, we'll come back to it. Darren, um, yeah. afternoon, guys. What time of year is there snow on the Mount Tupacal trek? Um, yeah, hey, Darren. I hope all is well, mate. Um, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, with Tupacal, yeah, it, normally it's, um, you know, historically, you know, the last, like, five to ten years and from what we found um, from doing the research in terms of Tupacal, obviously, we haven't been doing it that long, um, is that, yeah, November. Um, so usually towards the latter part of November, there's snow. I mean, you can never guarantee it, but they have like ski seasons out there and things. So um, as you can imagine, you know, Northern Hemisphere, not a million miles different to us because we're obviously in Northern Hemisphere and the Alps. So if you think along the same lines as that, you're not far wrong. Um, just from speaking to the team out there and, and when I was over there in February last year, I know we've had Kim go over in the last weekend, but 
um, which is kind of a summer trip. But yeah, in the winter, we were kind of planning that anything in November to February is a potential and a possibility of snow. Um, yeah, so I hope that answers your question, mate. And uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you on, on TubeCal. Awesome. Um, so Danny Mitchell, guys are going down. Well, how's Danny. the forecast for Kilimanjaro for March 23? Will we yeah. be allowed to travel by then? By by 2023, uh, I would certainly expect so, yes. Um, if, <laughs> man, if we're still dealing with this in 2023, I don't know, it's going to be pretty exhausting. But no, I would say, you know, there's a lot of positive movement happening now. There's a, obviously across africa um you know that it's it's a it's a whole different kettle of fish to kind of you know handle things in a country like africa than it is for say in the uk so no they're not as vaccinated or as up to date with their handling of things as we are but they are trying to vaccinate and they are trying to handle things so although it's slow it is progress and it is happening so yeah by 2023 i would expect it to happen now you say 2022 um yeah, same same answer, same answer for 2022. Yeah, yeah oh, Danny, I know we chat about it over the weekend, didn't we, around uh, March 2022, um, which I know isn't that long away, is it, really? Um, but yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Um, I know we're, we're planning um, planning on running the trips, um, you know, at this stage. So yeah, fingers crossed, Danny. And yeah, can't wait to have you on, um, have you join us on, on Killy next year. Awesome. Um, yeah, I will read that over comment, though, because yeah, I think, uh, I think it was Jerome talking about um where was he uh dave jackson pollock i think that was in reference to a toilet story i guarantee <laughs> yeah yeah that was an hilarious uh, uh incident yeah i mean should, do i tell that story and uh, it's, it's a bit crass all of it but i mean essentially you can yeah i, I just get the, the broad strokes the broad strokes of way that jackson pollock was created no me and um <laughs> me and my friend billy uh, we were on our way to base camp in 2016. It was my first ever time. Yeah. And um, Billy, uh, at that point, we were staying in some of the lodges that um, they didn't have sit-down toilets. They were long drop holes in the ground. And I was sat there, and me and Billy are sat in the lodge at Dingboche, and Billy says to me, I'm just going to nip off to the toilet, Dave. And I say, yeah, fill your boots, Bill. I'll see you in a bit. And I'm sitting there reading my book and on my phone and looking outside the window, and then I realize about half an hour, 35 minutes has passed, and I'm thinking, wow, Bill. Like that to maintain the squatting position for that long, I thought, man, he's he's a strong lad. Yeah. And then uh, just as I was about to get up and go and find out if he was okay, he came back and he looked like shocked, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, like like something terrible had happened. And I said, "What's happened, Bill?" And he says, "You don't know what I've been through, Dave." <laughs> and he said he went to go to the toilet. Obviously, some of the local delicacies had disagreed with him, and he hit the wall behind him and created a Jackson Pollock. <laughs> and so. Um, yeah, if any of you have seen Jackson Ooh. Pollock's paintings. Lunchtime, Dave. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I seem to, like, Karen will know. I, the, I, I just get sucked into these topics of conversation. But you know what? This is the reality of trekking, and I'm trying to smash down barriers and smash yeah. down taboos around all these types of things. It's as natural as breathing. So, yeah, let's talk about it. We talk about breathing at altitude all the time. Let's talk about what happens to your stomach. What do we call it? And... <laughs> The Nepalese uh, napalm. Nepalese napalm. Yeah, yeah, which is uh, all crazy. Or the Tanzanian um, terror. <laughs> um, Dave Rimington, buongiorno. Got my flight sorted. Thank you, Lauren. Um, but is there anything cool to do in Doha or Istanbul? Um, yeah, it depends. If you're if you've got a layover, I mean, Istanbul is heaps to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, get one of these uh, Lonely Planet guides. There's heaps to do in Istanbul. Doha, not so much. I've stayed in Doha a couple of times. Um, you know, nice hotels. I think that the, the layovers I've had in Doha, 
I know a few people have managed to go out in restaurants and things, but there's not a lot to do there other than sleep in a hotel, have some good food, maybe grab a beer. And um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all there is to do in Doha. The airports, though, in Istanbul, they got some good shops and, um, you know, nice little bar there at the airport. You've got a little bit of time, you want a couple of sort of, uh, you know, pre sort of pre-trip beers or post-trip beers. Um, and same with Doha, you know, they got some pubs and, and restaurants and things there at the airport. Um, yeah, all good stuff. I'd say if it was me and you had some time um, in between, like if you had like, I don't know, 18 hours, maybe 20 hours, whatever it is, Istanbul would be a really good one to have a little wander. Um, nice. And I think it only costs to go into, if you land and it's a transit flight and you go to a hotel in Istanbul, I think it's, um, uh, they might change this now, and, and it depends obviously if you're allowed to travel there, but if when you go there, I think it's either like 40 pounds for that sort of 24 hour visa, or they might even make it free now. So you, you can walk around Istanbul as long as you're not there for like too long. Um, it's quite easy, excuse me, to go walking around there. So, yeah, happy days. Awesome. Yeah, Diana just said, you know, stomach issues are always a worry because we know that Diane has some um, dietary requirements. But, yeah, yeah, as I was saying to Diane on the weekend, obviously, we can accommodate yeah. things like, um, I was going to say veganism then, like it's a problem. <laughs> we can accommodate you if you're a vegan, if you're um, celiac or gluten intolerant, that type of thing. The only drawback, I suppose, is that it's going to really limit you. So if you're in Nepal, um, yeah. I hope hopefully you'll enjoy dalbat because you will be eating perhaps some of the same things over and over again um treating food as fuel as as opposed to an open menu but what i recommend is bring some of bring some stuff with you make it a personal um project to kind of you know there's a um a good company called summit to eat and i know they do gluten free stuff and it's um some of their large packs have got about 3000 calories in so just pure energy they're quite tasty and then there's lots of other things that people can bring as well, like supplements and snacks and things that just will take the edge off eating the samey stuff. I know one person brought a kind of hot sauce. Um, so they were worried that if they were eating the same thing all the time, they could put this yeah, hot sauce on it and, and make it nice. You know, So even like sauces and stuff can make a big difference. So if you do have some form of dietary requirement, um, bring, you know, I think the food's going to be the same. Bring what you want to make it varied. Maybe sprinkle some Harry bows on top or something, you know, it's up to you. <laughs> All those uh, those snakes you brought, Diane, they were quite nice. Um, not real snakes, sweets. <laughs> they, yeah. were, they were really nice. They were lovely, they were actually. They yeah, were they were really nice. nice. I quite like them. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I think Diane's got a good plan there. I think taking uh, some staples is going to be essential. I think, yeah, it's a good idea. Just means you've got it covered then. I know uh, people who have had um, certain allergies before and things. Um, well, we had a guy who um, was autistic and his carers went to a member space camp. And they had um, like quite a lot of tubs of um, uh, different food that obviously they knew he could eat. Um, you know, so they were they were planning ahead. And I think if 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 you're really limited because of certain contamination, although obviously we'll we'll do what we can locally to, to source food. Yeah. Um, that's just that just means you've got guarantee. Then there's guaranteed stuff for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like Dave said, to make it varied, because yeah, there will be stuff, but it might it might get a bit boring. Um, so I definitely have some additional. Um, think, you know, think of that, like Diane mentioned there, taking your own stuff. Yeah. Um, definitely a, a good idea. Uh, Walter Worms, great name from Aldi. Well, yeah, Walter Worms, nice. They were good. Kept us going. Um, right, a couple more questions, Dave, because um, I've come up for an hour. Oh, we are on over. Uh, so, um, 
Yes. Rachel Kempson, I've spotted one, has asked, um, I think this is actually a, t a double one. So Kristen Franklin, yeah. Kirsten Franklin and Rachel Kempson have asked, can you go to Riza beforehand yeah. before going to Nepal and also Tanzania? The answer is yes. And not only can you, it's recommended by us. So myself and Andy have done Nepal and Tanzania many times. And each time we've tried out different methods of entry. So one of them was we'll just get it on arrival, which is possible. Um, so the pros with that, you don't have to do some administration back home. The negatives, long queuing, long yeah. stressful queuing, long stressful hot queuing, <laughs> long stressful hot queuing away from a toilet. <laughs> um, positives of getting it before you go, um, it's done and dusted and um, you can waltz through the airport like your Madonna. You know, just straight through security, get your bag and go. It's um, yeah, it's yeah. I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Um, yeah, it's so much easier and it makes your start in time in the country so much more enjoyable, particularly after a long haul. Um, yeah, just to get it before you go. So just as an example, so for the Nepalese one, if you live near London, go to Kensington, go to the embassy, bring your passport, walk in, walk out with a visa, job done. Um, if you have to send it off, you have to send it off with a postal order, and uh, which you get from the post office, which I've never used before, but hey. And also the form that you can print off from online. I sent my passport off on a Monday, I had it back on a Thursday. Now, cheers, guys. Um, yeah, we hope you uh, enjoyed uh, sort of some of the, the, the details around flights. Next week, uh, make sure you join. I'm going to be talking about equipment. Um, we're going to be in, in the other room because um, Steve's going to be in the office, so we're going to get all the equipment out. So definitely join next week. It's going to be a brilliant one. Um, and yeah, Dave, what happened? I don't know, mate. Technology. Did you did you, did you put your money in the meter? I, I may. I have plenty of money in the meter, um, but yeah, got shouted out by the meter maid. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, guys, uh, have fun. Um, yeah, we'll be putting this on the um, obviously on, on YouTube and the podcast as well, so you can listen to it, watch it, your heart's content. Um, we'll see you next week. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, trying to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye.